Blog Talk Radio. to you 
every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. That's 3.30 p.m. for those of you back east. But today, today is February 22nd, Monday, first day of the week of February, Black History Month. And it's just befitting for it to be Black History Month that we have a unity show for Our Own Voices Live featuring people from across this wonderful country of ours representing the African diaspora. We have some hot guests on here today with a very important topic. We're going to talk about the Nevada caucus results, the black vote, and the black agenda on today's Unity Show. Joining us today, and they'll be on shortly, is Brother Franklin Burley of Like It Is Radio, Brother Thomas Berry of Rant Radio, Brother Lee Vaughn of Real Radio, and hopefully my sister girl and co-host Mrs. Angela Thomas will be joining us, and of course, all of you. And hopefully you'll give us a, a chance to introduce the show, and then we want you to call in and participate. You can do that by dialing area code 347-826-9620. Once again, that is 347-826-9600. If you would like to talk, press option one. That way I'll know that uh, our engineer will know that someone wants to get in, where they fit in, and we'll try to fit you in. So you can have your say. After all, it is Our Own Voices, and we have a voice, right? Well, let me tell you a little bit about Our Own Voices Live. Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. And unite us, that's what we have to do. Because, you know, united we stand, divided we fall. A famous president, I believe it was our 16th, said a divided house will not stand, will not Brothers and sisters, time for us to stand up. Time for us to stand up. And we're going to hit on all of those topics uh, today. Well, without any further ado, let me bring some of the folks in. I believe we got Brother Lee Vaughn out on the Far East Coast. Welcome to the show, brother. It's not that far. Good evening, family. Peace. How are you? Uh, Man, actually, I'm kind of fired up, and I hope the folks out there are too, because this is very interesting times that we're in, but they're not just interesting. They are very important to this country, but even more important to us as African Americans, children of the African diaspora, by whatever name you go by. This is important to us. So I'm glad that you would you would join us, brother. Hey, before we get started too far, tell them a little bit about you and your show. Uh, uh, well, family, the show, Radio Established to Address Life, also known as Real Radio, is on from 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Saturday. And again, that's 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Saturday. We we intend to wake you up right. And it's, it's Saturday morning, and you know we're keeping it real, and that's our slogan, and that's what we do every week. Right on, brother. Hey, me and brother Lee, we go back, wow, like around 20 years. That's two decades, brother. 
You barely were living yes, two was, decades when I met you. One yeah, for real, right? One more year, it'll be twenty, man. It'll be. I, I thought about that the other day. I was like, oh my god, this time flies when you have fun, but. And one more year will exactly be 20. Actually, I was looking for somebody. I was talking to you about this off air, but somebody clicked in my mind. I was like, dang, I wonder where that brother is and how he's doing and so on and so forth. But I want to get into some of the stuff that we're going to talk about because Nevada was what many people, including myself, perceived to be a a hotbed, a a great opportunity for Brother Bernie Sanders to, to chalk up a victory. And with it not going that way, I know he's come on and he said that the turnout didn't happen like he did, so on and so forth. I actually wanted your perspective for my show. So when we talked about doing this joint effort, that that's that's butter, and you know we'll talk about some other stuff later again. But I was shocked that it wasn't as close as I thought it was going to be. You know, I thought he was really going to squeak that one out because I thought. Nevada was more moderate than, let's say, South Carolina, where there's still a lot of appeal, residual left over from what Bill Clinton has been perceived to have done because he did not do a whole lot, let's be real about that. But um, the perception of the change and the the up-tempo that he bought, I think the images of him still playing the saxophone on – Brother Arsenio Hall's show is still fresh in a lot of people's mind. I mean, he he he, did, he played a very good job, but as I said, he played up to a lot of people very well. I'm sorry, but as I said on my show, let's not forget this is the same president who left Arkansas in shambles. You know, right after during his presidency, there was a HBO special banging in Little Rock. I mean, that happened while he was the governor of that state. Let's not forget that maximum minimums came on board heavily under his leadership. There was a lot of things that he did that destroyed generations of folks and uh, continuing to destroy generations of folks had our current president not stepped in and said, yo, we need to do something about this. These these mandatory minimums, these extended sentences for – uh, nonviolent crimes that needs to stop because you are killing families. The, the the one cat that played in the Super Bowl, his mother was incarcerated for twenty something years before seeing him play in the Super Bowl because of something some dude she was dating with. I'm uh, I'm a huge follower of uh, Humans of New York, and I'm reading a story on, uh, around the same thing the other day. There was a young lady who. Um, got herself involved with the older man. He was uh, physically abusive to her, so she claims, uh, sexually abusive to her, so, so he so she claims. She had a couple of kids by him. He was a huge drug dealer. When it all went down, she got caught up in it as well. She's been incarcerated for years. You know, th- this stuff happened under the Clinton watch. Now, Donald Trump can hit at the Bush boy, Jeb, and say, you know, let's not – go overboard with your your stance that your brother kept us safe because let's remember that 9-11 happened under his watch. Let's not forget the things that happened to us while uh, Bill Clinton was the president. You know, let, let, let's not forget Hillary's walking around here toting her executive experience. She's had no executive experience. She was the freaking 
um, Secretary of State, she has not made any laws on an executive level. And if she did, then we needed to have a different conversation about Brother Bill because that's a that's a totally different problem. You know. Well, Brother Lee, I, I, we gonna. I, I appreciate you putting it out there like that. So, Brother Lee gave y'all all something to think about because we're gonna try to get into as many of those topics as the brother mentioned. Because do we have amnesia? Is it that we just are that forgiving? Uh, what is going on with the black electorate? But like I said, this is the Unity Show. So we got Brother Lee coming on from the East Coast. Well, in the top, well, it seems like the top of the world to me, but I guess it's the, the top of the country in the United States. We have Brother Thomas Berry. Hey, welcome to the show, Brother. How are you? I'm doing great, brothers. How y'all doing? Hey, I'm doing good. So everybody, this is another Peace. member of the Speak Up Network. This is uh, Brother Thomas Ferry. He has Ram Radio. You know, Brother Lee Vaughn, he give us that, you know, that, that hip flavor. Now, I try to be hip, but i got a few more years on these brothers, so I'm probably not as hip as, as I think I am. But, Brother Thomas, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, your show. Well, Ram Radio is just pretty much an in-your-face uh, show. Uh, we, we try to talk on topics such as politics, relationships, um, education, economics, whatever. Whatever is, um, uh, whatever is a topic that's relevant to African Americans, uh, we try to make sure that we speak on it. We try to make sure that we give an alternative view, an alternative voice. It's not always uh, conservative or progressive. It's just, you know, we, we just try to make sure that it's the black voice. So we come on every Thursday. Uh, we, we try to be on at 7 uh, p.m. Central Standard Time, but sometimes, you know, that changes. But uh, we, we appreciate we, to be a member of the Speak Up Network. Uh, Brother Rodney brought us in, and, you know, we've been ranting for a while. Um, and, you know, I, I definitely uh, appreciate it for the extension to come on tonight and, and talk to the people about what's going on here. I heard Brother Lee uh and his introduction, um, you know, talking about, uh, you know, banging a Little Rock and the things that were going on in Arkansas. And, you know, I, I think, you know, black people, we might do suffer from amnesia. Uh, we, we must have forgot how many of our relatives have been locked up under these uh, the three-strike rule under Bill Clinton. So, you know, I, Brother Rodney, I was watching the race in Vegas closely. I watched the town hall meeting. I watched Hillary Clinton throw out Barack Obama's name as much as possible. But I, I was just saddened because I knew that brother, that I knew Bernie wasn't going to win. And part of the reason why I knew Bernie wasn't going to win was because the because of the media spin. And here's something: if you don't believe that the media is behind politicians, I don't know if you brothers have seen this on the net today. But there's a story out where, if you guys are familiar with Morning Joe, with Joe Scarborough and Mika uh, Brzezinski, and Mika is supposed to be a registered Democrat. She's supposed to be a Hillary supporter. Uh, they were interviewing Donald Trump, and they thought the mics were off. And the audio is recorded hearing them asking Donald what questions should they ask him. Now just think about that for a second. These these are people who are talking like they're political pundits, 
that they're going to ask the straight-up questions, and they're asking Donald Trump, what questions am I going to ask you? That right there lets you know that the media is picking the candidates, and Bernie, if he does get in, Bernie is going to do something that Hillary would never do. Bernie is going to make sure that the uh, media practices in this country go back to some of the old guard, which is needed. It needs to be fair and balanced media. We don't need all these corporations involved. Uh, he's going to change the, uh, the rules in politics. And he's also going to give, I think, the working class people of all colors a working chance. So, uh, man, I, I was disappointed, Brother Rodney, with the results out there in Vegas. Well, no more than I was, uh, but I have to admit, this gave black people and really the rest of this country an opportunity to see how important the black vote is in this particular election cycle. Now, the key is for black people to understand how important their vote is in this election cycle. For all practical purposes, Hillary Clinton won the caucus in Nevada due to the black vote. Bernie Sanders, I believe, got around 22% of the black vote, somewhere between 18 and 22%, and Hillary Clinton got roughly 78 uh, to 82%. And I, I, I got to get the latest numbers to uh, firm it up. But that was due basically to what she calls her firewall. And her firewall is black people. Now, let that sink in for a minute. And as you let that sink in, Brother Lee and I believe Brother Barry talked about you know, the three strikes are out, the mandatory minimum. You know, how about Glass-Steagall and mm. the whole financial collapse that almost sunk this country? And not only are is the general population of this country still digging out of the housing crisis, but how far back is that African-American financially and how many African-Americans are hurt due to the housing crisis that some would le- link back directly to Bill Clinton's tenure as president. Mm. So this runs deep. And, you know, somebody asked me, they said, Rodney, why aren't you supporting Hillary? And I said, well, you know, I've heard them talk about comprehensive, comprehensive immigration reform over and over, and how they support it and they want it. And I said, um, and one of the reasons the Democrats give for it is that they don't want to break up families. They want to keep the families together. So regardless of how the folks came over, you know, the children, they had nothing to do with it, especially the ones that were born here after the folks got here, whether they were, you know, undocumented or not. They said they didn't want to break up families. And it made me think back to the African-American community right now that has so many households broken due to our men being incarcerated directly related to that super predator crime bill that went out that President Bill Clinton signed into law. Now, Democrats, including other members of members of the Black Congressional Caucus, were also signers of that bill. But President, the President of the United States, could have vetoed that bill. But the President, the one that many blacks call the first black president, did not veto that bill. So mm-hmm. our homes are Some people can say, and I might be one of them, that our homes are broken and our men are not there 
and our men who come out can't are not able to get jobs because as a direct result of that super predator crime bill that went through. So I told them, I said, look, there's more black people in captivity today than any other time since slavery in this country. And if the numbers keep going up, we might even rival that. I said, so it's not like going to the gas chambers in Nazi Germany, but it sure is like going to the concentration camps of Germany, or for that matter, maybe to a lesser extent, depending on your perspective, the Japanese internment camps here in America. I said to myself, myself, would a Jewish person vote for Himmler or Goebbels after doing something like this to them? And I came up with no. And I said, well, would the Japanese, would they openly support someone who put them in the internment camp without some type of restitution? Oh, that's right. They got that other word, reparations. And the answer was no. So I said, well, why in the H-E double toothpick? And I said, just that, H-E double toothpick. I said, why in the H-E double toothpick would I be expected to vote for another Clinton? So mm. And so I looked and I want y'all to chew on that especially you homeowners, especially if you know someone that's incarcerated for a petty crime. I want you to chew on that for a minute and then ask yourself, why does Hillary Clinton have the black vote locked up? And what are we getting for giving her our vote? I can tell you in Nevada so far, we got a big fat nothing. Brothers, please, share your thoughts on this. We're gonna, I mean, we're going to wind up getting the same thing that we've been getting, nothing. It's a lot of broken promises. Last week she sat down with NAACP, the National Action Network, and the Urban League. Why? It was all about that visual. She committed to nothing. She she walked away with a hell of a visual. visual. She walked away saying that, as she's continued, I am more than a one um one subject candidate. I am I am for the people, all the people that a whole lot of nothing. There have been no guarantees from her. There there's been no outline of a plan from her. She had a call last week in which she was supposed to give this huge speech on race. Wasn't impressed. Um we are no more than a ploy in this race, like we've been ploys in many other fights in, in, in the past of our nation. And at the end of the day, we're, we're going to wind up in the same position that we're in now, bottom of the totem pole and forgotten about, because we don't control the we don't control enough economic power within our community to really flex the political muscle that comes along with it. So at the at 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 the table we don't have a chair, we don't have a we don't have a space, but when we're needed, we're we're uh brushed up against and likened and warmed up like uh I don't know, man, like like a like a leftover piece of chicken. You know, it's just like, yeah, I, I need you now, so let me pull you out old trusty dusty one cuz 
you know, you still have faith and you still hoping and praying instead of understand, instead of recognizing that these folks are selling you a whole a whole boatload of nothing and are going to discard you as quickly as they 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 bought you out, they'll put you right back on the show. Nothing. We get nothing from it. We owe we owe her nothing. We owe Bill Clinton nothing. Uh, we we owe ourselves though a lot, and that could be very fearful. So what she has done very well, as brother as brother Thomas Berry just said, is spoke President Obama's name a whole lot. She has that visual too of being in his cabinet. So you know if we're not turned away by her style of dress. I don't know what's going to turn us away. Well, you know, I want to say a couple of things. Because I read some documents a while ago. And it was, you know, you know, it, it was it was talking pretty much about things like Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan made a water cooler deal. The water cooler deal was that Nixon was going to run for president. Reagan was going to wait his turn. Reagan ran in the 80s. I think that what we're seeing now... And we see why she was able to get inside the Obama's cabinet. Obama's cabinet was a deal. President Obama, they needed her to go away. If she would have dragged out 2008 any longer, it would have been harmful. And this is this was the this was the deal. This allowed her to piggyback his name. Uh, Joe Biden is not running for president. It's rare, brother Rodney, as you can attest. When you see a president have eight successful years in the kind of victories President Obama has had in the uh, in the national elections, for the vice president to not run for presidency, would mm. you agree, Brother Rodney? Uh, it is rare indeed. As a matter of fact, so rare that I do not recall when that last happened. So that shows you right there, brother, that it was a deal already struck for Hillary Clinton. She also was able to turn her, her being a senator into uh, her national security position. So what, well, what's the first thing that they talk about at the beginning of every round of elections? National they start security. National security. So all right, so you're a national security advisor. That's something else that she didn't have. So she got legislation. She uh, she got the national security. She was also the wife of the president, right? So then now she's lying and saying she got this executive uh, experience. Not only this country, no matter if it's sports, whatever it's politics, whether no matter what it is, we are in love with the first whatever. So you know, just 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 by the fact that she could you know say that she'll be the first woman uh, president. You know, automatically that, that's something that that everybody in the country they're going to support. Now let's let, let's bring it back to today. I think it's sad, brother Rodney, when you look at our leadership. I think it's sad that the leadership and the people obviously speak two different tones. When you look at mm. uh, even with the unions out inside of Vegas, it was reported that the union heads they were supportive of, uh, of Hillary Clinton, while the members. Was supportive of Bernie Sanders 
So I'll let you know the people on the street, the people who are going through the everyday hustle and bustle, the everyday grind, they understand what Bernie is saying. The media might not understand it, but the media is not people who are suffering. They don't know anything about this economic downturn. They they haven't witnessed none of these things. They don't know about the lights being turned off. They might have like they might have had a Bentley or something repossessed, but hey man, that that's nothing where you can go jump in your Lexus, right? But they don't understand what the common person uh is, is going through. And I feel like that's the divide with, with black leadership when you have a brother like John Lewis who was going off and, and John Lewis is a respected man. We all know John Lewis is uh and we all respect him, but you know, it's sad when you see respected brothers like that who slit, who who dip so low to say, "Well, I've never seen Bernie Sanders uh, in the civil rights movement." And then they, then people will start showing. Wait a minute, hold on a second. Here's pictures of Bernie getting arrested. Here he is at a protest with Dr. King. Here's Bernie Sanders at the march on Washington. Here's Bernie Sanders, and then brother Lewis, he can't repudiate those things. But the leadership is our leadership, uh, black folks. They're bought and paid for, unfortunately. And Brother Rodney always reminds me that we only have a small window of time, a small window of opportunity. So I think the time is now and the time is right for us as a people. Never mind the leadership. We have to do the right thing by us because we can't uh, depend on the elected officials inside of Washington and even on a local level to do the right thing. A lot of these people are trying to do whatever they can do um, to stay in power. And last but not least, uh, Brother Rodney, have you ever seen this documentary? It's called Spies of Mississippi. You guys ever seen that documentary before, Brother Lee? I never saw that one. No, I never saw that one either, Brother. Google that. Watch the video today. It's a 58-minute video. I had to watch it last week while I was sitting in my room for a reminder. This is, this goes back into the 1950s and um, early 60s in Mississippi, where African Americans were start trying to fight to get the right to vote, and they kept on wondering, how did the Klan know what was going on? How did the state of Mississippi know what was going on inside of these meetings? The ah. brothers was, and sisters were thinking that it was the Klan who was doing all these things. Come to find out it was black people that was inside the room. Some of these black people were politicians. Some of these black people were preachers. Some of these black people were even news uh, editors, newspaper owners. And they were working with the state of Mississippi, who set up a, a special task force for derailing any gains that black people were making on the right to vote. I'm saying all that to say this. It is behooving to see any politician who got Internet access, who survived the 90s, to support this woman and her husband, knowing the things that they did to our people, knowing the things that she was saying about young black boys. Uh, There's a quote where she was talking about this super predator. That's what she called the young black men, Brother Rodney and Brother Lee. And she said that it was time to make these young black boys heal. She talked about us as if we were dogs. If that's who we want as president of this country, well, whatever we get is what we got coming to us. (laughs) And sometimes we get what we deserve. 
Well, Brother Lee, I think we things. always get what we work for. In this case, when it comes to politics, we get what we work for. And in this case, here in Brother Barry asked about Nevada and Las Vegas. Here in Las Vegas, you know, Bernie Sanders was fairly unknown. As a matter of fact, I've known of him, but could not quote anything from him until he came here and came to the black community. As a matter of fact, he sent people to our gathering to try to connect with the local community. I liked it that he came right to the grassroots. Now, a part of him coming to the grassroots, a part of the reason for that is because our elected officials, well, let me take that back, our political insiders were already Hillary Clinton supporters. Now, we have a fairly large percentage in our state legislature of African-American representation, comparatively speaking, to our population. But I do not know one that was a Bernie Sanders supporter. Now, they were supposed to be neutral throughout the whole thing and not come out and endorse anyone. At least that's what the word was, is that after the, uh, you know, we have a nominee, then that's when we'll come out and support but the reality of it was that there were very, there was, I knew, now my knowledge may have been short. I like to think that I have a little bit of the pulse of the community, but my knowledge could still have been short. I knew of no black elected that was not a supporter of Hillary Clinton. Now, there are a couple that I was pretty sure, you know, were being neutral, but other than that, the rest of them, as best as I know, uh, from from who, which events they showed up to and from hearing them on the Talking Head show and at some of these uh, pre-caucus events were espousing the, uh, the rationale for Hillary Clinton. So when you mm-hmm. have your black elected, which are the power brokers or at least a portion of the power brokers of our community who have already given their allegiance or their support or their kind words, their generosity, their time, their image to the Clinton, then it already sets the stage. Now, my question is, what did we get, or what did they get, but they equals we, what did we get in return for our for their support of Hillary Clinton, what subject, what black agenda item, what item in general, what did we get for giving her? Because that's what that's what happens. We are the ones who, black people, are the ones that gave Hillary the victory. What did we get for that victory? Now, if somebody knows the answer to that question, please call us. Area code 347-826-9600, 347-826-9600, because I want to know what I should be looking forward to. I want to know what I should be holding her accountable for. Can someone tell us that? Because I know what Bernie Sanders said he was going to do, but I don't know what Secretary Clinton said that she was going to do. Now, I know what has been done to us by her husband. And I believe her, too, because when she ran for office, we were told it was a two-for-one, and we were getting both of them. Matter of fact, they even 
Both of them said it was a co-presidency. Running this time, she talked about the benefits of her getting in office because we'd also get a husband. So do, do we as black people, I mean, let's face it, could we withstand getting more of what we've already gotten from the Clintons? Brother, speak on it. Well, I know we can't. I know speaking as growing up as a teenager in the '90s, right now we cannot, especially when we 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 see black women all over social media and the news talking about there's a shortage of men. We cannot, as black people, uh, be able to sustain another mass incarceration of black men. We just couldn't. I know. People talk about the economics, but Brother Rodney, Brother Lee, as y'all know, a lot of the economics in this country since the Reagan era is propped up on these bubbles that always burst. And when they burst, black people are always left holding the bag, whether it's the dot-com bubble, whether it's the mortgage crisis, now it's the student loan uh, bubble that's uh, going under President Obama. So you have all these things that are propping up this country, and when those bubbles burst, of course, we are the ones left with our jobs, which means that, hey, you know, human nature, people are going to get it how they live. And sometimes how they live, it ain't right. But we don't need more mass incarceration, um, you know, of our men, of, of the fathers and the protectors of our community. That's one thing. The other thing that we definitely don't need with, with Hillary Clinton in office is if you think that it was a lot of fighting, uh, you know, if you think it was a lot of fighting under President Obama and nothing got done, wait till you see what these white men are going to do with Hillary. They're not going to strike deals because of Bill Clinton. And one last bit, I know people talk about President Obama, uh, you know, and, and, and they say that he does not talk to the Republicans on the Hill. Part of the reason why most of the politics in this country is at a standstill is this old thing called pork barrel spending. Mm. Brother Rodney, I know you're familiar with it. But under George Bush, towards the end of his presidency, John McCain helped pass a bill that got rid of pork barrel spending. They used to call it a lot of waste. What I want people to understand is pork barrel spending was the way to allow politicians from across the aisle to come and work together with each other because politicians are sent there by districts, by elected people. You have to bring the people back in your district something. In politics today, the only thing a politician that you elect are working for are the lobbyists. Because they eliminated pork barrel spending, and with that elimination of pork barrel spending, now it's not no compromising going on with going on with the bill. So what President Obama might say, hey, I want to get rid of no no child left behind. He might have ten Republican congressmen or senators who say, you know what, I never really liked it anyway, but you got to give me something because during the elect when the election rolled back around. I don't need anybody running against me on the right side of me saying that, hey, I vote, voted for this bill. Well, under pork barrel spending, Brother Rodney, you, you, you know, President Obama can say, well, look, man, just knowing that you needed an extra $10 million for a youth center, you needed an extra $20 million for a bridge. When it's time to run, 
you could always show that you you gave that twenty million dollars. You know, that's what you got for your vote. Once they eliminated eliminated all that, everything in this country is now bipartisan. There will be no reaching across the aisle to do anything right under Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, or anybody else. You need people like Bernie Sanders in there who can talk sense to power, and that sense not only uh, resonates with progressives, it also resonates with libertarians. Hmm. The the necessary evil of pork because that's what it was called was in fact that and and, and that is why we don't have so many compromises at this point because you're absolutely right it took out the well what's in it for me and my folk type perspective so now you can have folks sitting across the aisle and hunkered down in their silo because there's nothing in it for them. They have absolutely no skin in the game. You're asking them to come out of their silo to actually govern or make a decision with no cover for themselves. So their fear is there's going to be a, um upheaval amongst their folks locally, as you just said. So when they return, now they have to face a runoff or... Um, someone coming from the far right, i.e. the Tea Party, so on and so forth, that's going to challenge them for this seat. And what we know, what we should know, what we should understand, are people in power like to stay in power. They're not trying to lose these seats, so they're not going to play. They're not going to play the game as it needs to be played, because, like I said, there's no cover. So I, I agree with you, brother. It, it, it's something. And someone is going to have to come along and talk a whole lot of sense to these fools. But that can't happen, especially when these jokers, McConnell comes out and talks nonsense about there's not even going to be hearings in in respect, or they don't want to hear any prospective Supreme Court justice in the absence of uh, Antony Scalia, who just passed. That That's not smart. That doesn't help us. Move move along That's just kicking the can Down the road Adding to more confusion And more pain Both short and long term mm. Rodney Well fellas I appreciate this this discussion That we're having And uh, we're going to take a uh, A break And hopefully we're going to come back On the other side It's uh, 612 uh, West Coast 912 East Coast. Uh, we're going to take a uh, about a two-minute pause, and then hopefully we'll be back on the other side, and uh, hopefully it'll be the same number, same, same, everything. But, brothers, I appreciate all the things that you had to say so far, because that's a show all by itself. But I would like to go a little bit deeper, but we're going to have to reset some things to make sure that, that we can do that. So you all stay tuned, stay looking on the Facebook for the information of the show. We're we're going to try to make this happen. All right. All right. Thank you, brothers. I appreciate your commentary so far. And to the listening audience, hopefully we'll be right back. 